Welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. A sports podcast by regular dudes for regular dudes. We'll give you a break from all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. From high school to the pros, we're talking about it. Red-blooded American. Loud. Real and raw. Patriot Sports Radio with your hosts, Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in. It's Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Hello, friends. It's a very special Masters episode. Chris is over there making sure everything's working properly. All I know about this man is he's an expert on golf, and his name is Adam. And Chris said he's a solid dude, and honestly, that's all I need. Adam Miller, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? Excellent. How are you? Good, good. Just uh, trying to get all of my master's updates uh, from watching TV all day. There are plenty of uh, updates coming out of Augusta, Georgia, and I'm trying to sift through them. I had it on three screens at one point so I could keep up with everything. This is our guy. We're about to get rich, aren't we? This guy knows golf. I've been trying to learn about golf today. Shout out to the Golf Gambling Podcast. I did pick up some things about the weather and sort of what to look for. So you tell me if I'm on the right track, and then you can give me the actual smart information. From what I understand, it's going to rain early in the week. It's not going to rain during the event, which is going to favor guys who can hit it long and are good with the irons. Putting isn't going to be critical. Fairways are 15 yards wider. Scores are going to be up. I heard the cut line could be plus four. A lot of overs. It just depends. No, I think, uh, you know, the guys that hit it super high are going to have an advantage with the wet. They're probably not going to be in a lift, clean, and play situation. So guys like Rory, DJ, John Rahm that hit it really high are going to be able to carry it down where normally they could fly it down and roll it out to those areas. Even though the fairways are wide at Augusta, the landing areas are not wide. Um, so they're going to be able to hit it down, maybe carry some of the ridges down into the flat areas that some of the other guys won't get to. Greens aren't ever an issue there, wetness, because they can suck all the water out with the sub air. But yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how much rain they have. I mean, Tiger played early this morning when it was probably at its wettest, so he probably has the most knowledge where... A lot of guys didn't get the practice round today because of the delay and yesterday too. So, oh, that's just what we need. It's just what we need. Tiger to have an edge. Yeah, they've got sub air system, which is like it's basically like a vacuum system. It's under the su- the subgrade of the greens. They just flip a switch and it can suck all the water out. I mean, it's like a it sucks it back into the creek, so they can make them go from super wet to super dry like in an instant. It's just. Uh, gives them a, the ability to control how soft the greens are and how much speed they want to put on them. But the fairways are still going to be wet. So, I mean, they're, they're talking maybe even high winds, which would dry it out some down. I've been there and it's like, everything's like a tunnel. So depending on the wind direction, some holes are going to get drier than other holes are faster. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's projected to be a pretty windy event, right? Yeah. Which, you know, like with wind, it eliminates a lot of players who haven't played there in high wind. Guys like Tiger, Rory, uh, trying to think who else. Guys that have played there 10 or 15 years, maybe more, have played in pretty much every kind of condition. Cold, hot, wind, dry, rain. They're going to know the most about what angles they need to put into the greens, what angles they need to take off the tees. So it's going to be the guys that have the most knowledge usually come to the top you always have a few outliers like you know scotty scheffler's hot cam smith is hot uh kevin kisner who's from that area is hot he's not a super long hitter but he's long enough to play there speaking of scheffler um he's playing his third masters and i've heard there's uh like a third year wide receiver bump in fantasy football um suddenly you play better in your third and your seventh masters so those are kind of the guys i zeroed in on yeah he's won three times he you know won the match play two weeks ago he's probably the hottest of all the guys right now 
there's guys like Jordan Spieth who are way off the radar, but even last year didn't hadn't played good all year and then shows up there like he's back in form. So that's why I'm hearing a lot about um, familiarity with the course, experience with the course counts for a lot. Yeah. Is it usually a guy who's playing well leading up to the Masters? Or typically, can... yeah, guys that have played good, you know, the two, three weeks before kind of getting into form. What is it about this third and, and set? I understand the third more than the seventh. What is it about the seventh year? I would think it's seventh year. You've probably seen all the weather conditions uh, possible. Uh, you know, you've maybe sought out more guys that have played there more often to, you know, for the knowledge, like pick their brains a little bit, kind of don't get as rattled that you're at Augusta because it's a crazy place. I mean, just yeah. being on property, it's like a whole different feeling. It's like uh, it's really hard to explain. It's got to be overwhelming for a newer golfer. Yeah, it's just so much information you have to get. Some of these guys that seek out the old champions are, you know, JT has a huge advantage playing with Tiger all week. So, you know, Spieth and some of these guys that sought out the guys like Crenshaw and them have more knowledge just because they'll give them the information if they ask, you know, or some of the guys that even ask the local caddies, um, you see in the women's turn, the women's amateur that was on Sunday or Saturday, the girls that took local caddies played better than the ones that took their own caddy. So sure. Local knowledge. Yeah. I mean, if I was playing in the thing, I wouldn't ha- take my own caddy. I would take a guy that's been caddying there for 35 years because he's going to know every inch of the course. Absolutely. He knows where all the groundhogs live after that long. Are the veterans pretty willing to share information with the younger guys or is it person to person? The old guys are the guys that are still playing or, you know, Tiger doesn't tell anybody anything unless you're in his circle. So JT seems to be the only one getting that information these days. Speaking of Tiger, let's talk about Tiger for a minute. He is plus money to make the cut. I don't think he'd be down there if he didn't know he was going to make the cut. He's what missed the cut one time in his life. Yeah. And he was so pissed about it the next year he won the tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the players have said that he's been hitting it as good as he ever has, but it's just going to be the walking. The course is like crazy up and down. I mean, it's severe drops from tee to fairway to the greens. It's How far does a guy walk in 18 at Augusta? Probably maybe six to seven miles. And what's Tiger's injury? Broken leg. Yeah, he really smashed that leg up. Yeah, they were just, uh, I was watching... Uh, TV and they had Alex Smith on and they were comparing his injury to what Alex Smith had. So man, hats off to that guy for even standing up and swinging a club at this point. Has he played any golf since the accident, Adam? The father son tournament that they played in what December, November down in Florida. He was riding a cart, but I mean, I watched every shot and you could see, you know, that he was going to be hitting it. He wasn't there with his driver yet, but I mean, you give a guy like that, you know, eight months to just chip and putt, like who already has a phenomenal short game, it's going to be pretty crazy, like how much better he could get. Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen him hitting balls in the rain. It's all he's been doing is getting ready for this. Well, let's pretend we're not comfortable betting the entire house on a Tiger Woods first place finish. What about a, let's say, top 10 for even money or just over? I mean, if there's a top 10 bet, I'm taking that. Shit, now I'm betting top 10. (laughs) If he can just make it around the course, definitely. And it's the whole Tiger aura. Like, let's say round one, he's in the top five. Like, you can go ahead and eliminate three of those guys in front of him just because he's there. Yeah, yeah, they're going to see the red shirt and piss down their leg. The guys that are playing with him, if he's in the top five, are now all of a sudden having to deal with those crowds, which is nuts. I mean... It looked like Sunday just on, you know, the Tuesday practice round out there. So, Well, while we're talking about making the cut, what do you think about this plus 210 prop? Woods, Thomas, Rom, Scheffler all to make the cut. I mean, that seems like a bet on Tiger. Oh, yeah. You're just betting if Tiger's going to make the cut or not. I think you're betting on Rom too. Yeah? He did seem awfully angry in his press conference that Tiger wasn't sharing information. So maybe that'll help him push him a little bit 
I heard that on uh, part of my take this morning. Who's not happy? Yeah. So then the guys on the, you know, the masters as they're talking said he sought out Phil. So I guess he should maybe pick which side of the fence he wants to be on. So that's I fair. Think maybe the tiger Phil rivalry has to do with that information. <laughs> Good. That thing is always brewing. Yeah. Phil tiger, Dustin and Bryson. That's kind of reality TV. Yeah. I think uh tiger and Phil can be f- friendly, but they're not going to be friends. Is that like Gordon and Earnhardt? They've been rivals their whole life, so it's going to be hard for them to. Yeah, they're not going to be like Jack and and Arnie ever. You you won't see those two guys playing the part three when they're seven years old together. Kepka and DeChambeau don't seem to like each other. Is that a uh, is that another Tiger and Phil we're starting to see pop up? DeChambeau just gets under Kepka's skin for some reason, and Kepka has made it very clear even after the match that he does not like the guy. So I think they're just not. They're two guys that are never going to get along. There's guys out there like that. Is it the way Bryson plays that he thinks he's disrespecting the game? He takes forever, doesn't he? Yeah. He has been slow in the past. Yeah. He was very slow when he first came out, but he's picked it up a little bit. Part of that, I think, is when Bryson came out, he you know, was the U.S. Amateur champ, and he thought he was the guy. I was actually working at a golf course where we have, they have the Sunday series. So it's like guys that don't make the cut. This is at every event, except some of the majors where they can come play in a pro-am and get paid to play. And he showed up missing the cut and acted like he was above every single person there. And he just had that attitude. And I think he's trying to save that a little bit with, with the social media and his YouTube. So let's make some money. Let's talk about bets. Who's winning this tournament? I got a couple outrights that I like, I think. I'm going to bring them to you. I got Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I've heard a lot about Shane Lowry this weekend, this past week. He's about, I think I got him at 50 to 1, 45 to 1. Uh, Max Homa, who may or may not be PMT cursed, and Matt Wolf, just because he smacks the shit out of the ball. Wolf's been on a little bit of a struggle lately. All right, he's out. I kind of felt like, uh, you know, Bubba Watson, who's kind of been not playing great, but he's a lefty, and at this course, it favors lefties a little bit. I felt like he may have been, like, kind of an underdog pick. Uh, My favorite kind. uh, My other kind of outlier pick would be Victor Hovland. He's been pretty hot this year. He's been under the radar. He's not a great putter, but... You know, there's not a lot of been a lot of not great putters that have won this event. So, yeah, that doesn't seem to make or break you. No, I mean, but, you know, favorites, I would say Scheffler would be my if I'm putting all my money, I'm putting it on him. Scheffler and Justin Thomas, I feel the best about. Yeah, I got a nice uh, 85 to one special here. Tell tell me what you think of this. JT to win and Zell Torres and Max Homa top 20 including ties. Oh, that's a pretty good bet. Yeah. That's a good bet. That looked good to me. I said, I know all those guys. I've been hearing about all three of these guys. And JT, from what I've heard, is the is the overall favorite to win this thing. Yeah, they they talked a lot about Zalatoris today on the coverage about I think he was his first time here last year and he still almost won. I don't know what he got a top ten for sure. So he's a good pick. Yeah, he seems to check all the boxes. Some of these guys are busted up like these shambos, you know Says he's at 80%. The reigning champions had back issues and neck issues. I kind of like Lucas Glover, too. He's a good dude. Super nice guy. Is it pretty wide open this year compared to other years? I think tomorrow, the win- what the wind does is going to really narrow the field down. Maybe even give a slight advantage to the European guys just because they play more in wind. Yeah. But it is Augusta, and you get swirling wind just because of the way the course designed. So. I don't know. It's hard to pick against Tiger, honestly. If the wind and you get crazy weather conditions that guys under 30 have played there five times, never seen. Yeah, he's not. I have I have Tiger at even money. I put in a, a bet at, to make the cut at even money for Tiger, but I'm going to have a couple more in after this episode because you don't want to be the guy on the couch watching Tiger do this thing and you passed on no. the 40 to 1. I don't want to be that guy. I will not be that guy. <laughs> 
Uh, three or four looking. Red Bulls. I could put that on Tiger just for peace of mind. I mean, is there a line for how many amateurs make the cut? I'm not sure. That would be interesting. What kind of number do you think it would be? I feel like this year is probably the best year for these amateurs to actually do well. See if you can find that, Christopher. How many uh, line on how many amateurs? That might be a nice over. Because you've got a couple of these guys have played, you know, maybe a few times there. Yeah, if they have past experience in, you know, other events. If it gets wet, you eliminate some of that fairway rollout. So those guys are going to be, you know, they can play more like they do in college or an amateur golf where you can just fire at it. When the when the ground's wet, do these guys get a little more reckless on the tee because the fairways are more forgiving? Yeah, I think they do because the fairways are so wide there. They can, you can, you have more room to miss. When it's dry, you have zero room to miss. I mean... Because of the way they slope and the runouts, like when it's really dry, the fine line is like, you know, the balls are chasing into the, the straw. They're chasing into the trees where when it's wet and the way these club manufacturers can do balls and drivers to basically take the spin off, the balls will just hit and stop. They won't roll out at all, no matter if you're on a downslope or an upslope. So. And these should be the kind of conditions we have for the first round. Yeah. First round, maybe second round. So when we're talking about first round leaders, is tee time important? Should I look for guys that are teeing off earlier or later? Or is that early probably? Because you know, if they have pop-up storms, these guys in the afternoon are gonna get stuck on a wet course in rain with wind. Where, you know, in the mornings the guys that tee off early may are playing with not as much wind or you know, they're getting the course fresh modes. There's not as much foot traffic on the fairways. The fringes aren't going to have as much foot traffic. You can maybe putt it from the fringe, whereas opposed to, you know, the guys that are playing in the afternoon after you've had 60 players walk plus caddies and media walk on these collars that are still soft. It's going to be footprints where you're going to have to chip instead of putt. I kind of like, I was looking at these first round leader bets. I like them because they're all long odds. I got um, Adam Scott at 45 to one. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 50 to one. And then Scheffler was 25 to one. I feel like Scheffler could go wire to wire to wire or JT. It sounds like from the people who know that I listen to. I think so. Yeah. Um, and Tiger tees off early, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he's at what? 1030 or something. Tiger's going to win this tournament. Son of a bitch. It's definitely in his favor. Oh, man, They'd make a movie about that if he did. I mean, it would be probably the greatest sports story since the last time he won. Or, you know, like the Bucks winning the NBA, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's just, when you run the simulations, it happens one out of a million times. Tiger, the 19 Masters, and the Cubs winning the World Series. It's like, you know, what else have you, what else is there to talk about in the last 10 years? And that's why, bigger picture, when stuff like this happens, when historical sporting events happen, big comebacks, you know, Jordan flu game, stuff like this. I just sit there and I think, what are people who don't watch sports doing right now? They're missing out on all of this drama and all of this excitement. I, I, yeah. I don't know if they're gardening or what, but they should be in front of the television. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys, I got some of these betting props pulled up for tomorrow. You guys want to go through some of them? See what we can find? There might be a wire-to-wire. Wire-to-wire winner, yes, is plus 900. What do you think of that? For 10 bucks, yeah. Like, how often does that happen, Adam? Can you remember? At the Masters? That's a great question, Chris. That's a great... Yeah, that's a... I don't know how many times it's been done. Any double eagles? No, not with the wetness. I've been looking for uh, hole-in-one bets. I've, on Sunday, I've heard hole-in-one on 16 on Sunday where they put the pin. It's like a great bet, almost a given, which is crazy to me because it's a fucking hole-in-one, man. There's only a few holes where you have a lot of hole-in-ones out there. Who almost had one today? I think Max Homo almost had one today, but it bounced off the pin. Yeah, Jason Kokrak had one. That was the only one. Gary Player almost had one, and then the horn blew. We got specific players. To, do you like any specific player to have a hole-in-one? I mean, it's got to be a long driver. But DeChambeau's leg hurts, so he's out. God, there's so many golfers, dude. How do you keep all this straight, Adam? Um, 
watch TV for four days straight before this. Oh, so like we do with football. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Xander, we haven't talked about Xander at all. What do you think his chances are this weekend? He's another uh, much talked about contender. He's not super long. Um, That's what she said. He's a good, I mean, he's good. Uh, yeah. He's good tee to green. He could be a good bet. Uh, Spieth was the last wire to wire winner in 15. What guys do you think this year are going to uh, come out real strong, look really good, and then just not get it done? Where's the Greg Norman? Historically, if you're looking at guys that are in it and don't finish well, I mean, that puts on Rory, DJ, guys like that who just somehow can't seem to get it over the water on, you know, 14, 15. They just can't do it. Uh, How many times has Rory just not gotten the job done there? I've backed Rory a few times to no return. I mean, if he's three shots back going into the last day, I think he could probably win. But if he's three up, I don't think he can he can do it. Especially with that red shirt back there. What was it last week at, or two weeks ago at the match play? He was down, then way up, and then back down again. And just, I don't know what his issue is, whether it's he's just not playing good or if it's equipment or what, but... He seems to not be firing on all cylinders like he had in the past. But it's Augusta. I mean, Zach Johnson can win the thing. Anybody can. (laughs) So what's the best way to bet golf? How do you bet golf? Because I see so many options. I'm drawn to the outrights and the top tens and the first round leaders. But I see all kinds of exotic stuff in here. How do you go about it? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing these extra ones, like picking the top Canadian, the top Australian, those are all, they almost seem like easy bets. Like Like Cam Smith is by far the best of those four guys. Yeah. Why isn't he minus 110? Mike Weir's not even going to get close to making the cut. I mean, the guy's on the senior tour. I could probably outdrive him. And, you know, (laughs) you know, like you can just look at the names and be like, yeah, there's no way. (laughs) Like Adam Scott, he hasn't done anything, you know, in two years. I think Lucas Herbert's an amateur, maybe. I've never heard of Lucas Herbert. I'm pretty sure he's an amateur. I'm going to try and find these uh, top Australian bets in here. He, no, he's, a, he's a player. I mean, I kind of want to tell me if this is crazy. You just put the full balance on Tiger to make the cut, and then on Friday you make your Masters bets with your double money. Or or that that sounds like the, uh, the Chris coach flying down to vegas last year betting the uh or two years ago betting the pittsburgh cleveland game and we bet the fucking farm on pittsburgh and baker mayfield comes out and just trashes it never bet against baker in the clutch in a big game what are you doing (laughs) yeah hey we got oklahoma guys in here hey guys i want to look hey adam i want to run through all these tournament matchups really quick we can get a clear good bet on each one and then we uh I want to get your top five and then your overall winner. And I want think about one or two guys that are going to be parlay busters when they don't make the cut. And everybody's going to be sitting on the couch going, what the fuck happened there? And then after we've done all that, I want to get to your thoughts on OU going to the SEC and then all the coaching change and uh, all that. Is that cool? Are you good with that? Yeah. Well, let's go. So we're going to start this off with Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler. I'd say Scheffler. That's a tough one, but yeah. I'd give him a slight, slight advantage. About the minus 120. Yeah. <laughs> they got that about right? Yeah, about right. DJ and Rory. Yeah, I'd have to pick Rory on that one. Okay, Bubba Watson. Oof. Abe's, Abe Answer has been playing actually pretty good this year, but uh, I would definitely probably pick Bubba just because if it's wet and windy, he's going to be able Market. to curve it where he wants to go. Oh, yeah. I like that. And we got him at plus 115. I like that. Yeah. Kepka and I can't even. Mora, Callum, can Mora, Mora Callum. Yeah. I'd probably yeah. pick Kepka on that one. Uh, we're on Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley. Oh, you fucked up a name and punched out. That's what happened. <laughs> I like both those guys. They're good guys. I think, uh, I think I'd probably pick Patrick at this course. Xander is the dog to Jordan Spieth. You want to take Spieth on that one. Local knowledge. I think he actually got out and played with Tiger one day this week a little. He's kind of in the Tiger circle. He's in the uh, JT Tiger circle. 
Yeah, uh, I believe that. Uh, oh, uh, Phil's caddy uh, Bones is caddying for uh, JT this week, also, just to help with their picks. Oh, that's a lock, dude. The caddy is is a is a big deal. I mean, we got a favorite with an expert yep. caddy. Oh, and Bryson's favorite over Decky. That's crazy. That's like the battle of the injured guys. And Hideki pulled out last week with yeah, a neck injury. Is it Bryson's so. injured, isn't he? That's like a take a pick on who has the best PT doctor with him that week. <laughs> then Tiger and Patrick Reed. Ugh. Does anybody like Patrick Reed? He wasn't like a strong player when he came out. He Monday qualified like seven events, I think his first year on tour. That was when Spieth came out and was like, you know, the golden child. And Patrick Reed was like the step kid hiding in the weeds. I went down and watched him his first event at the John Deere Classic when Spieth won. And the dude just puts in work. I I mean, I, I'd still pick Tiger over the two, but he just is one of those guys that has zero filter like Kepka. And I think that's why he's got himself on the outside. But I'm picking nobody against Tiger. I'm so high on Tiger now after this I'm conversation. I'm get my number changed so Chris doesn't text me this week when Tiger, something happens to him. When he slips on the driving range and can't tee off. Yeah, maybe keep an eye on how he's walking. Maybe there will be a time to fade Tiger mid-Saturday or something. I saw him video of him walking on Monday, and it looked like the guy was a, had nothing wrong with him at all. He's not from this planet. He's walked 54 holes since uh, Friday, so we'll see. God damn, Adam is plugged in, dude. He knows. Watching TV. <laughs> so, do you live bet at all? I've heard people say uh, they they'll just sit and watch one hole and bet matchups as the guys come through. That's too advanced for me. I, I'm very much a rookie in the golf betting. I wouldn't do that at a local club, maybe, but not on tour. Yeah, there's no, especially when I'm looking all at all these big plus signs. I'm not going to take a, a minus one ten or a minus one fifteen or something on a on a matchup at a hole. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like picking juice. Patrick Reed's the only guy picking Patrick Reed to beat Tiger Woods. <laughs> his mom might have a bet in there for him, Adam. Yep. Yeah, I don't think his mom gets along with him very well. I think maybe his wife and his brother-in-law are the only ones betting on him. I don't know how he got to minus 200. Yeah, that's crazy. So what is, what is Vegas smoking? Or what do they know that we don't know? Maybe it's one of those deals where guys that are just loyal to PXG want to bet on their guys. All right. I think we got our, I think we got our bets lined up. I think I, got my, I think I got my bets in, my guys figured out. Got some good information for our listeners. Well, let's uh, first. I want to get Adam. Give me one or two guys that are just going to be the parlay buster, where guys are on the couch throwing a beer at the TV when they miss the cut. Uh, guys that pick Matthew Wolf. Guys that pick. Yep, deleted him already. Maybe guys that pick. Uh, let's see. Gosh, when I look at the list, it's like either guys you know are going to make it or aren't. People that pick Colin Marcaro, maybe, or uh, you know, maybe John Rom or Justin Rose. Well, those. Those are sexy ones. Yeah, John Rahm and Justin Rose. Yeah, those are that's that, that's what I'm looking for. There's my hot take. That's where I'd get caught up. Like as the layman, I look at him like I know this guy. I've heard of Max Homa. Obviously, he's making the cut. Like that's just to get in the tournament. Obviously, but a lot of these big names sometimes don't. Um, you know, like uh, I mean, Lee Westwood is like way off the grid, but he plays good there every year. Uh, Harold Varner. He's kind of way under the radar. He's played pretty steady the last three weeks, four weeks. So I need your top five in order. Top five in order from one to five. There you go. Put me on the spot. Or you can give us you can give us our your one and two, and then and then throw three in there in any order. Um, I mean, my one and two, I would probably pick Scheffler and Woods. Wow, you're high on Tiger. I've seen him swing like that before, and it's like you just you know when he's swinging like that. I mean, they showed a flight pattern of his drivers he hit on his warm-up, and it probably wasn't a five-yard dispersion between 25 drivers. <clears throat> I'm putting the rest on making the car. Um, that's, ins- that's insane, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, my other three, yeah, my other three I'm going to pick, uh, Rory, JT, and Bubba Watson. Those are all sexy picks because those are all yeah. plus picks. Those are big yeah. odds. Yeah. You're the first guy I've heard talking about Bubba. 
I mean, the guy's going to have the best shoes there by far, guaranteed. He's a Jordan guy. He's dropping some new releases that day, some special master shoes. I mean, he's going to look good. But he can curve it anywhere he wants. He can play in the wind. He can play in no wind. And he's been everywhere and done all of it. There's nothing that's going to rattle this guy. He plays really hard courses well, like Riviera, Augusta, uh, courses like that, you know? Riviera really translates to Augusta, it seems like. If you've won Riviera, you have a much higher probability of winning at Augusta. Yeah, and it's a pretty tight course, uh, difficult greens. He plays well on those courses, plus, you know, he's, he just loves Augusta. Have you ever been there? Yeah, 13, when Adam Scott won, me and a buddy went down and to uh, two days of the practice round. It's an incredible place. It's unbelievable. I bet. I just see the picture, you know, the videos, and I, I see, obviously, you see the pictures of the menu. The menu is always a big deal. It's the hardest place to describe, like, two people what it's like. It's the only golf tournament I've been to where you can stand in a crowd of 4,000 people and hear birds chirping. That sounds incredible. Complete opposite of the, of the Ryder Cup, where the Ryder Cup is yeah. like... Bedlam football slash Super Bowl slash rock concert with golf sprinkled in. It is wild to see those, you know, normally very composed golfers get out there and there's people. It looks like a college baseball game and a walk off home run or something. There's yeah. beer flying. It's almost Sturgis for golf. You think about it. They got their tie around their neck. They're in traffic. They're doing fucking TPS reports 51 weeks a year. And then they get to go cut loose. You tell the wife you're going to a golf event. She doesn't think twice about it. At Whistling Straits in Wisconsin? Come on. You're drinking. We went to the one at Hazeltine and when the U.S. finally won, and it was like just craziness, like 20 rows deep of people just drinking beer. And like I would compare it to like a, like a rivalry football game like Ohio State-Michigan or Oklahoma-Texas or, you know, like Alabama-Georgia. It's just people – and craziness is it a different crowd is it the same spectators who would go to like sawgrass or something and watch a civilized event yeah it's those people and then you have you know like the crazy european fans and then you have you know like at whistling straits i mean you just have guys that like golf but you know you're going there because you can drink beer you don't see much golf when you're there. It's just like, it's like craziest party ever. Yeah, like Sturgis or something. This sounds like something Patriot Sports needs to cover next year. Definitely. <laughs> yep. I think we need a Winnebago. No, a conversion van. Put a studio in the back. Just take that fucker around this country. Well, it's going to be nuts because I think the next Ryder Cup is in New York at Bethpage in two years. So, or four years, I guess, would be. We'll have to pay Adam to go down and correspond with us. We'll get him yeah. a press pass. He he he's he's our golf guy. He is absolutely our golf guy. <laughs> I can take one guest per day to the Ryder Cup, being a PGA member. That's awesome. Can you and you get uh, fifty three minutes in? He drops being a PGA member. Oh yeah, he. I told you he's play, he's a. Was irrelevant guy. at this point. <laughs> it's Chris knows these things. I I might have beat him on one hole, maybe in seventh grade at the Guthrie Country Club, and maybe Adam, or maybe I did that I, a few times on accident. It was an accident for sure. <laughs> I got him in the wrestling room. He got me on the golf course. Yeah, that's that is true. But you know, he doesn't sprinkle in the part that when we were. You know, in seventh and eighth and ninth grade, he weighed about forty more pounds than I did. That's true, and, we, and we, both of us still wrestled. And we at the wrestled the same class. class. <laughs> yeah. Like there was no going; you couldn't go any lower. It was seventy-five <laughs> pounds, and me and Adam were over there, like on the scale <laughs> we together like to make seventy-five. And Forty-five. Yeah. yeah, we were little guys. <laughs> I actually, Chris and some guys dared me to get on the scale at one meet eating french fries while i was doing my way in and he did with all of his clothes on the scale just <laughs> dropped still weighs 63 pounds <laughs> that's a that's a power move right there yeah i'd be intimidated he's definitely not afraid he's up there eating fucking mcdonald's this guy's gonna kick my ass my wrestling trophy from the 60 class uh 
on my proudly displayed here. So that's awesome. So uh, let's get into a little bit of this drama that's going down in the Big Twelve, or maybe not. I don't know. I'm not down there. I'm sure they're still talking about us. But Texas and Oklahoma have succeeded from the union, huh? Yeah, this is good news. Do you like that? I love it. I think it's great for college football because now you're going to get major matchups every week. Whereas, you know, in the Big 12, it's kind of been you're you're playing two games, maybe three games that are actually good teams that are if you win, if you win, you're going to stay where you are. If you lose, you drop way out. We've seen that with Oklahoma State, Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State every week. Uh, If they have an off week, even if they win and have an off week, they drop down where you have teams in the SEC just because it's the SEC. They could, you know, lose and still maybe only drop a spot. It's it's just the depth, and now you're going to have these, you know, it's definitely going to make it harder for Alabama if they move Georgia into their division and they're playing Georgia every year. But you're going to have big matchups. I mean, as a Big 12, as an OU fan, you're going to want to go on every road trip. How cool would it be to go to Tuscaloosa or, you know, go watch Georgia or Arkansas, man. I mean, the SEC is so – going to be so far ahead of every conference except maybe the the Big Ten it's just you know and you know the Big Ten cycles in and out but you know Michigan SEC is not going to blow ever I mean the ACC is going to be in the bottom feeder and the teams that's going to hurt are going to be Oklahoma State who actually have some decent getting some decent classes and getting some production out of their teams that are going to be the ones that feel the the most impact from this but what do you think about the uh, the new coach at OU? I think it's great for the it players. Is. I mean, mm-hmm. the players seem like they care. You know, like they want to be there now. It, it seemed like last year that the players had just realized they're going to lose two or three games a, a year. It's not – they almost got complacent. And I think that Lincoln Riley is a good coach, but I think he just maybe wasn't a good fit for the program as a head coach. Yeah, when when they announced that they were going to they were going to go to the uh SEC, I I was like, man, Lincoln is going to get his lunch ate over there. Like they're going to get their ass kicked right now. And then they then they go over to Clemson and uh I'm blanking on his name, sorry. Help me out. Oh, Brent, uh, Brent Venables. Uh, yeah, Venables and I'm like, no, well, they're back. They can play in the SEC now. He's a, yeah, not a way a, more tougher mentality there. He probably brings that back and, and you're going to need that in the SEC. I think they've got a good coaching staff that, I mean, they've robbed a bunch of SEC coaches, so they know what they're going to get every week. And I think they're relaying that to the players that after this year, this is our last practice year. Next year, it's going to be real football every single week. It's going to be like a bowl game. So when do they go? Are they going next year? I, I would assume just because of the news, like, you know, the Big 12 commissioner stepped down this week. Uh, I think their contract runs through 25, but mm-hmm. 25 it looks like maybe with stuff going that they're going to be out after this year. Yeah, Texas can because just Because the other four right schools now. they want to add to the Big 12 are supposedly coming in next year, right? Yeah, you know, Adam – since I've moved up here and then we started doing this and with my regular job, I really haven't kept up with uh, the morning animal guys and, and, and WWS down there. So I haven't really yeah. heard a bunch of what's going on. That's cool. I, th- I think that the four other schools are wanting to get in as soon as possible, obviously for money, but so who, um, so that's Houston. Who Who is that? Houston. Uh, is it Louisville? A B- is it BYU? BYU Houston. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the other yeah, two. I'm pull it up. Cincinnati is one of them, I believe. Yeah, Cincinnati and UCF. Okay. That's interesting. So I mean, there's some good squads in there for, you know, but like I said, Oklahoma State goes to, they could be undefeated and they go to, you know, Houston or Cincinnati and it's get over. beat by one point. It's Their season's done. It was like that year with Whedon when they went up to Ames and lost that game on that field goal. My opinion is Lincoln Riley was a great coach for coaching quarterbacks that had the talent. Absolutely. I mean, what's his first years? He's there. It's Baker, Kyler, Jalen Hurts. Then you get 
two guys you've got to coach and what do you do? Nothing really struggled. That's for sure. For sure. I was thinking the college Mike McCarthy, you take the quarterback away and he sucks. Yeah. Like I was telling someone the other day is Caleb Williams was for not phenomenal last year, but now every team in the pac 12 has eight games of video to watch of what he does and his tendencies and how Lincoln coaches him. And he's not going to coach him any different than he did at OU. So now you've got eight games of tape on a guy like you've seen in the NFL, how many second year quarterbacks get shut down. So, you know, the pac 12 or the pac 12 is not a pushover. He, he's he would have been better off staying in the big 12, you know, at another big 12 school. Absolutely. So him and Rattler both went, did they both go with Rattler them? went to uh, North Carolina? Oh, okay. Nice. The uh, coach Brown? there is now oh, the coach, or sorry, South Carolina. The coach there is Shane Beamer, who was like the one of the offensive coaches at OU two years ago. So you think they're going to go in there and win, or you think it's going to take them a while? You th- well, I I don't know about Texas. I I'm tired of talking about Texas. They got to win a game before we talk about them. But OU, you think they're going to go in there and handle business, or? take them a year or two to figure that out. I think next year will be a good level to see where they're at with their new coaching staff. They're getting more recruits for, you know, bigger recruits. So can they recruit with these SEC schools? Yeah. I mean, you see now with their recruits they're getting are when they're deciding it's between Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and it's, they're getting them now. And I think it's because they're going to the SEC. There's more money. There's more, player money there there's more television there's better chance for them to get in the nfl you know i mean a hundred percent it's a it's a great recruiting tool to be sec nick saban's pitch is about 30 seconds long you know we win football games here we win championships you're probably going to go to the league sign here that's it (laughs) and i think oklahoma was that with offensive players and now you know the last two years you've seen a huge drop in their offense draft picks so i think the the, the coordinator they have, who I believe coached uh, Dylan Gabriel at UCF before he went to Old Miss, so they have experience together. That's going to help, but I don't know. I'll be watching the spring game on TV just to see what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> I think you- uh, I think it'll be two or three years before they can win. It, it's going to depend on how the SEC divides those conferences because – if Nick Saban's not going to want to be against Georgia every year in the regular season. That was my next question is how you thought that was going to align on the East and West. They, they've, they've set showed like examples and it's each example showed Georgia and Alabama in the same division. So that could be real interesting. If I, if I'm them and I'm Nick Saban, I'm scheduling that game. The first one out of the blocks because you lose the first game to Georgia. Yeah. You lose the first game. Who cares? Nobody's going to remember by week 12. Yep. By the time the polls, the actual, the real polls start coming out, that game's forgotten yeah. about. You've already stomped some people and, and moved on. Georgia's already ran over some teams, so they're, you know, you're, you're going to look a lot better. I don't think you'll see the SEC scheduling these high school teams anymore. Right. I think you're going to see Oklahoma struggle for a year or two. That's a, the, everything changes. The, the logistics, the road travel, the atmosphere. You, you think Ames, Iowa is a fucking snake pit at seven or fucking <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. What about Death Valley or Tuscaloosa? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. The, what, the swamp yeah. down in Florida. Watch them boys do the tiger walk in the dark. Jesus, yeah. that's different. You're, bro. Not playing, you're not playing three or four road games with 40,000 fans and 20,000 are yours. It's 100,000 person stadium every week. It's your stadium. How you're... And loud, and let me tell you, I, I I don't mean to offend OU fans, but I've been to that stadium, and OU fans are a, a very relaxed crowd. They're not very loud. You go to Camp Randall. I've been to other stadiums that aren't the O the program that OU is, and those fans aren't spoiled, and they get up and they get loud. OU's spoiled. They're gonna have to turn that up because in the SEC, yeah. that has turned up every single game, and they're, they're gonna know it. It's gonna be different. It's just different. Yeah, and those are gonna be primetime TV games every week. They, every single week is a playoff. I mean, every week. There is no, there's no Kansas. There's oh. no back to back Kansas Tech, and then we have, and and then we have uh, K State of the Lake. <laughs> yeah, it, it's oh my gosh, just running through it in your head. It's got to be 
it's exciting, but it's going to be a little nerve wracking for an OU fan because because you're it going is. to all the stadiums that you've just always been. That is who OU is. They're they're all those stadiums oh. in the Big Twelve. They're going to have to have the expectations that they can lose one or two games and still be okay. They're going to have to expand the playoffs to eight teams. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have teams that lose out that maybe, you know, like maybe Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 and they don't make it in the playoffs because you have, you know, four SEC teams that are just unreal, like visually and on paper. Right. And they they only only lost because they ate ate each other. Yeah. And I mean, if you see – you know, Oklahoma State goes in and blows every team out by 30. USC's in the Pac-12, and they're winning by scraping every week. They're, you're, you know, you're going to see USC maybe, you know, the Pac-12 get the shaft that year too. So, Yeah, I guess they're, they're going to have to talk about that, aren't they? Yeah, because you're not going to allow – I can see a, a situation where you have a conference champion that has three losses or four losses just because the conferences are weak. Well, Adam – I apologize. This has already been an hour. This is what happens to us every time, brother. <laughs> it's like an hour later. We're like, I'm only, I'm only going to keep him 30 minutes. He's a pretty busy guy. And here we're an hour, hour and 10 minutes and we're just bullshit. Yeah, no, it's cool. Is it all right? You guys got anything else? Go ahead, Eric. Uh, I just want you to agree to come back the next time we want to talk about golf. Yeah, I'm free any, any time. Will you be our mate? We're, we're, we're going to have you on for every major. We're going to, we'll plan it better. Cause honestly, I was like, oh my God, the match was on Thursday. I haven't texted Adam. It was in my head last month. I need to text yeah. Adam and I'm sorry, but we'll, we'll get this way planned out better. And maybe we, uh, we'll have some fun with the, with the betting. We'll, we'll do Once something. Once we get a rhythm to our actual calendar. I'll have some better insight. Cause you know, the next major is. Uh, the PGA. That was pretty solid insight, Adam. <laughs> but the next P- the one is the PGA, and it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I've been to that course three or four different times. Okay. Let's go ahead and earmark some uh, overtime money for that. I've got some, uh, I've, I have, I know a few people that have worked there recently. So we got a guy who's got a guy. That's all you need. That's all you need in this world is a guy or a guy who's got a guy. It's a more wide open course, or it'll, it'll be more wide open field, but I think it'll narrow down really fast there. And Tiger has a pretty good record there, too. Adam, Adam's played for more than hot dog money before I... Yeah, I've played I for imagine. some big money before. I've seen him. <laughs> he's a golf... He, he's he's the guy at the country club that when he says, hey, let's go play a thousand a hole, you just say no. Just say no. He knows what <laughs> no, thank no, you. No, thank you. I've had those stretches where I felt, especially, you know, back home at the home course where there's nobody that can touch me and I'll play for whatever they want to play for. So there's a lot of, a lot of dispensable income in a country club too. Hey, well, you know, I've, I've also had those rounds where I showed up and played for a lot of money and didn't have my wallet with me. So I don't <laughs> make you play really well too. <laughs> How many, and let's be honest now, because I think the statue of limitations definitely up since we were in the seventh and eighth grade. How many uh, carts have you put in the country club's lake? Zero. No, what? <laughs> have you put the tires uh, coming down the hill? I've, I've come close to flipping one down that hill on seven, but I've never, I've never damaged a cart, luckily, in my career. Maybe that was me and Schuster. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I've, I've seen... People do quite a bit of damage, but no, I've unfortunately it hasn't been me yet. Well, Eric, you want to do your thing, bro? Yep. I have one more question. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the day you decided to quit your job and golf. The day I decided to quit my job. He was been a pro golfer since high school. You've been a pro just forever. <laughs> You've never had a real job. You're my hero. I've, I have a real job. I, uh, I mean, I actually played as a professional when I was 17 in an event for money. Wow. Not a tour event, just a local event. So I've, I mean, I've been technically a professional. I've been a PGA member since 2012. So I can play. I mean, we have like our Iowa PGA professional events. So we're playing for a couple thousand bucks every Monday. I um, mean, Chris built you up, but he undersold it. You are a golf nerd of the coolest yeah. and highest order. I did quit a really good job to get in the golf business, which was not the smartest decision I ever made in my life. Because, <laughs> you know, my pay got cut in half. So you you kind of have to play a lot more to be able to make up the difference. But yeah, pressure's on at that point. I mean, I, I wasn't above 
playing anybody for any amount of money when I was younger and dumber and probably had too much free time on my hands. This guy's cool as a polar bear's toenails. There's another side to Adam too, and uh, it's four wheelers, and he races them. And oh, I don't yeah. your kids race them too, don't they? Not yet. They're working on it. Are they? I'm actually going on Saturday down to Oklahoma for the local ATV motocross series. Are you going to go race? It's a spark. Yeah, first race of the season. Nice. How's your four wheeler looking? Living. He's good too. It's looking good, man. I got this new Yamaha a couple years ago, and uh, the thing is awesome. That's one of those power. people that's just good at everything he touches. I'm not that great at racing. I mean, I get, I get smoked hard there. And <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I know that I'm not the best guy, but I've got two guys that I'm really good friends with. And we, you know, race close and clean. And I, I mean, but if, if I get a chance to put him in the side of the, you know, off the track for the win, I'm going to do it for sure. Every time. That's a Patriot sports mentality. So yeah, I'm playing, I'm racing on Sunday in Oklahoma and I'm playing in a, our Iowa section event golf on Monday in Des Moines. So. Oh, you're busy. As soon as I get done off the track Sunday, I will be driving and watching the masters on my drive from Oklahoma city to Des Moines. All right. Well, it sounds like you're a busy man. You can go do that stuff. Enjoy the masters. I know you'll be watching. If it looks like my picks aren't going to go well, I'll change my number. So perfect. Perfect. We have your email address. So good luck. (laughs) Thank you, Adam. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.